Hang on. Wait, let me do that again. This is Nuance Radio. Oh. Slap the mic. Just slap the mic. Great. <laughs> Nuance Radio invites you to join the conversation that has come to be known as One Bloke Went to Mo. Welcome, welcome. This is One Bloke Went to Mo. Uh, my name's not important, but with me, someone who's very important, is Victoria. Oh, Victoria, how are you? Uh, I'm, let's be honest. I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging, hanging in, in there. Hanging, <laughs> yes. hanging in there. Okay, yes. Good, good. Well, um, I need to say thank you because uh, I have some new friends now living with me. Friends. About 11, no, 14 new friends, 14 I think. 14 new friends. 14 new friends. Yes. And they all have wings. Yes, they do. <laughs> they all do. Yes, yeah, so we have um, Gus the rooster. Yep. Who sings beautifully in the morning. Oh, yes. And we have 11 of his. Uh, his ladies. 11 ladies with him. Mm hmm. And uh, then we also have three ducks. Yep. Uh, one beautiful white Peking duck. And what are the other two ducks? Um, well, the one is a crested khaki Campbell. Mutt. <laughs> they're, the other two are mutts, but they're khaki, Campbell, something and others, but the male's definitely got crested in him. I see. Okay. Well, uh, we spent the day um, yesterday building a new pen mm -hmm. and got it finished off today, and uh, the ducks seem very, very happy in their new... Uh, in their new home? Yes, the chickens are absolutely thrilled. They're so happy. Everybody was nice and calm. The ducks had fun splashing in the pool, mm -hmm. and they're already eyeballing your pond over there, like, yeah. <laughs> let <laughs> us out. <laughs> how, do we, how do we break out of here? Yeah, they don't get to come out yet. <laughs> <laughs> and we've had beautiful hot weather, um, so... Punch the, the mic. mic again. Oh, sorry. <laughs> We've had beautiful hot weather, and uh, so in the low 80s, mm -hmm. and uh, also in the UK, they've been having some good weather there. Uh, if you're new to the show, uh, welcome. Uh, this is a little show, which is more like a journal for me, but is also um, a comparison between life in the Forest of Dean to life in, amongst the Mark Twain forests. So, uh, we are broadcasting from West Plains, Missouri, in Howell County, in very, very southern Missouri, right on the Arkansas border. And uh, lots coming up in uh, local news, both here and back at home. First thing to mention is that our foreign correspondent, Julian, has been at a new festival. I told you there were lots of festivals, right? Yes, last um, week. We definitely covered that. He's been in a place that I don't even know how to pronounce it. Oh, let me That's see. What is it? It's called, I think it's called Totnes. Uh, it's T-O-T-N-E-S. Totnes. Yeah, Totnes. Uh, so he went there for the weekend uh, to the Sea Change Festival and lots of um, bands playing in different locations and 
hopefully he's going to tell me more about that when he gets in contact soon. But uh, like I said, there's something happening over there music-wise um, almost every every other day, it seems like, at the moment <laughs> in England. So, And there probably is here. Um, well, the Beach Boys are going to be here in Missouri later this year. True, so. true. And we've got the uh, big music festival coming up in West Plains. Yes. The Ozark Heritage Festival. This weekend. This weekend. It's finally here. Uh, we've been talking about it a lot. So I'm um, looking forward to getting down there and doing some recordings. Oh, yes. yes. It might be you because I'll probably be at work unless I get some time after I'm done at work and hopefully you know i can catch some of it later in the day yes yes hopefully um which brings me on to the point that uh tonight it is uh tuesday night that we're recording uh we have decided to move our recording uh partly because of victoria's schedule it's my fault uh to you know tuesday night or tuesday at some point uh gives me a chance to edit on a Wednesday morning and hopefully get it out to you by the end of Wednesday or Thursday morning. Coming up later, what's going on in the garden? Lots of mulberries falling from the skies, I see. Yes, there's lots of mulberries mm. this time of year. So I, I will talk about mulberry trees. <laughs> ah, excellent. Okay. Mm. And like I said, uh, local news coming up, which brings me on to, um, just before we get before we get started, you know, I love that phrase because um, <laughs> we already started. But um, before we get into the into the main course. The meat. The meat. I just have to say, I love organic milk, right? <laughs> I do love organic milk. And the organic milk that they have at Walmart, which is where I go to get my groceries, mm-hmm. um, it has a certain branding. You know, it's like the great value, but it's also organic and has these pretty colors on it and i don't know why but apparently they make two percent organic and one percent organic and skimmed organic and then whole now, organic yeah well i buy the whole right there's no point oh it almost drives me crazy to talk about it because it's like <laughs> wait or, or, i love it Gotta keep organic going. organic milk is grass-fed milk Right, it's got all those omegas that you love in it because it's grass-fed milk. It's not corn-fed milk, and so why wouldn't you want full fat? Because it's good fat. It's not bad fat. Yes. So the, the why <laughs> why have two percent or one percent organic? I mean, you know, have two percent. You know, 2% of regular milk, of corn-fed milk, is healthier, probably, because it doesn't have all that bad fat in it. Yes, I get it. But organic, you want all the fat, man. You want you all want, the fat. You want all the fat. It's yes. good fat. Yes. Fat is flavor. Oh. And so what they've done, I don't know, <laughs> is <laughs> the two... Okay, so the whole milk organic in Walmart has these red circles on it you know it's a white container the white gallon jug has these red different red things on it two percent has i think the green on it one percent has the blue dots on it but the skimmed milk has red dots on it again it's exactly just like the the whole milk (laughs) tell me what happened (laughs) 
So obviously, I bought some skim milk by mistake. Uh-huh. And do you know what? My cat, Princess Kitty, yes, she won't even drink it. Dad's got to tell you something if a cat She complained today. She started drinking it, and then she stopped halfway through and complained. She whined until I gave her whole milk. Let me talk to the manager. I was trying to foist it off on her. Because <laughs> I won't drink either. It's a waste of time. So it's, it's just like water at that point. It's colored water. I mean, we used to make cream on the farm, right? Where you, you know, put it in the centrifuge and, you know, all that waste product. I, I don't know if my dad said this or not, but, you know, it's almost like people that buy skim milk are just buying the waste water from cream. <laughs> They're buying trash. <laughs> They're buying trash. Trash. <laughs> You might as well just pour a glass of water and put some toothpaste in it just to make it look Ugh. slightly milky white, you know? <laughs> That's how good skim milk is for you. Yes. Just go just go get some strawberry nest quick. It's the same thing at this point. So like I said, I'm not an angry person, but there are certain times in my life when I've just got to like put my foot down. And I know I can't write to the manager of Walmart because, you know, the, the big bosses live in Bentonville in northern Arkansas and how am I ever going to get through to them? I don't know. <laughs> if you know one of them, please share this podcast with them. Do better. Do us all a favor. <laughs> Differentiate. Because I know what you're talking about. Even the Great Value ones, or even Kroger, or any of the other companies, they have red for whole milk, and blue usually for 2%. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there's a color for 1%. And then mm-hmm. it's typically pink. Pink for yes. skim milk. Pink is pink is for skim. Yeah. Yeah, I think green for Publix ones is three mm-hmm. percent milk, which is very rare to find. Yeah. But yeah, pink. It's always been skim milk, and they have it as the same color. It's outrageous. <laughs> I I don't know. Oh goodness gracious! If I ever leave West Plains and they ask me why, I'm going to say it was the milk. <laughs> I want to change up the format. Um, I want to hear about Mulberries up front. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, thought, I don't I thought, want to wait. I thought the yeah. new format was punching the mic. <laughs> All right. So, mulberry trees. Okay. There's a ton of them. But right, the th- around here, especially, right? Yeah. You've yes, got one, right? I do, and it's mm-hmm. got babies all over my yard. And they're out right now. I see all my friends on Facebook saying, come round and save me. I'm Get being drowned in mulberries. Yes, there are a ton of mulberry trees in the world. Most of them are in Asia. However, we have three main species here in North America and South America. We have the black mulberry, the red mulberry, and the white mulberry. Okay. Yes. The white mulberry is often considered an invasive species because it can cross-pollinate with the red mulberry, and then you have... The white white one is? Yes. Okay. And then you have like some weird pink hybrids. Mm. It kind of throws things off because they are more aggressive in the area. Mm -hmm. So our native one, like I said, is the red mulberry... They can grow in most of the U.S. Okay. They prefer the temperate to cooler climates. They can't grow down in the most southern parts of Florida too hot. 
mm-hmm. and they can't grow in the most northern states. So they have a huge band to grow in. I see. Uh, if you've never seen mulberry trees before, they are, well, an adult one can be about 79 feet tall. Wow. Have dense, gorgeous, comfortable shade when they're not dropping 600 pounds of berries. 600 pounds? Yes. I thought you said 300 before. 600, 300 kilograms. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, everything I found was like conversion. In, yeah, I had to do some conversion. I know it's not super wow, accurate. 600 I, pounds. That's like two big pigs. Yes. Golly. That's a lot of mulberries. It's one Nissan Leaf battery. And I thought that they were only uh, bushes. You know, I've only ever heard of mulberry bushes. Yeah, there's a huge species of them. Some, oh, okay. they're short. Big family. Well, yes. Mm-hmm. Now, um, yes, they're very fast growing too. Young trees grow very quickly. Uh, I know I have some in my yard that are almost six years old. They're taller than my garage. And there are some that are only about six feet tall and they are dropping fruit already. But yeah, the young trees produce fruit pretty rapidly. Wow. Yes. So I have, I don't, I probably have maybe eight of them growing in my yard. The, the smallest one's about two feet tall. I don't remember it sprouting, <laughs> <laughs> but it's there. And the ones growing in my yard are the black mulberries. Oh, okay. Yes. And I learned that mulberries have more uses than just producing delicious fruit and shade. Oh, yeah? Um, they're actually a primary food source for silkworms. Oh. Yes. Over in Asia, where they produce most uh, silk with their big mulberry, they have orchards of white mulberry out there. Mm-hmm. And that is the favorite mulberry of the silkworms. And they go collect them, produce silk. So mulberries have a dual purpose. They are fruit and they produce silk for the world. Wow. Yes, they are a big deal. And what do they taste like? Depends on which ones you're eating. Mm-hmm. Now, the white mulberries don't have a lot of tanginess to them. Okay. However, when I've done some research, my own personal research with the black mulberries, they're delicious. The red and blacks have a strong sweetness with a slight tang to them. Okay. So they're not tangy fruits. So if you don't like tartness like strawberries or blackberries when they're not quite ripe... They're very savory, in my opinion. They're great for anything that has to do with something like berries and cream. Mm -hmm. You can mix them with a bit of heavy whipping cream with some cinnamon. That is really good. So uh, do they taste like blueberries? Because they look like blueberries, right? No, I really have a hard time describing them. Mulberry is mulberry. Oh, okay. Yeah, blueberries I I feel are way tangier Mm -hmm. than a mulberry. Okay. They're very subtle. Um, uh, it's so hard to describe. Sure, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's something you just have to go try. Okay. Now I'm gonna be sitting there thinking about it a whole lot. <laughs> so uh, a little bit about uh, red, black, and white mulberries because I'm not gonna go through every species. They're widespread in southern Europe, the Middle East, northern Africa, and in India. Mm, okay. So they they have different names in each of those areas too so Mm -hmm. be careful what you're looking up Uh, black mulberry which is what i have in my yard was imported to britain during the 17th century and they brought it there because they wanted to 
potentially have silkworm production. Uh. So they wouldn't have to import it as far. Well, that didn't really work. No? No. Uh, climate? Climate, mostly for the the, the worms. Because uh, right. if you think about Asia, it's kind of subtropical most mm-hmm. of the time. It, it's just a different environment. Right, right. However, mulberries make excellent jams and jellies. So yeah. they didn't lose out. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> yes, it ended up being used in folk medicine and... I'm not sure how, but they used it for treating ringworm. Really? It might have been the stuff in the leaves because I know black and red mulberries, you're not supposed to eat the leaves or any other part of the, the tree, just the fruit. Mm, okay. White mulberries, there's more leniency. Okay. So it's... Ringworm, eh? Yeah, I, that one's kind of fun right there. I had ringworm as a kid. I've had it before, too, from fostering cats. It's not fun. Yeah. Yes. Let's see. All right. So other fun things about mulberries. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know it's in North America. Yeah. The U.S. Mm-hmm. They've actually banned them in some cities because they make a little bit too much pollen. Ah. Uh, Yet they do nothing about air pollution. <laughs> I wonder if that's the pollen that I've been reacting to lately because... There's been something in the air this week. It, yeah, know. it's We've been... We've all got this like little tickly cough in the back of our throats. So. Yes. Yeah, my, my throat has been ticked off recently. I'm prepared to blame it on the mulberries. <laughs> okay, so um, mulberries. I, I'll give you a, a description mm-hmm. that I found on Wikipedia of the fruit because you asked me what they taste like. Yeah. As the fruit matures, mulberries change in texture and color, becoming succulent, plump, and juicy, resembling a blackberry. Oh, okay. Yes. They're just they're they are very they are very juicy. They're delicious. I love them so much. Now you you can use mulberries uh in the US, you know, black, white, or red mulberries. They're safe to use. I would rinse them in like a water vinegar mix to just case there's any bugs on them. Mm-hmm. Soak them, anything that floats off, rinse, etc. Mulberries can be used in pies, mm-hmm. tarts. Mm-hmm. You can make wine with them, Ooh. cordials, and herbal teas. Of course, mulberry wine. Yes. 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 Uh, there are some people who will make jams and sherbets from them. Wow. Yeah, jams kind of seem yeah, pretty mean, straightforward, jams, but I didn't yeah, know you could make sherbets sh- with them. Sherbet, wow. Yes. Now, certain species of mulberries, the the young twigs on the plant are semi-sweet and can be eaten raw or cooked. Huh. Again, you need to verify your species before doing this because some mulberries are not friends to humans. Mm. Yeah. Other fun uses of mulberries is uh, especially the black mulberries. I know this personally. They stain. Mm. They are... Commonly used now as a natural plant-derived dye. So people are looking for more natural, you know, Mm. dye alternatives. People think of beets, you know, purple cabbage, turmeric, and things like that. Well, mulberry, I'll tell you what, that one will stay. It is very aggressive with its stains. I've gotten my hands completely stained with mulberry before, and people thought I was, like, slapping a tree or something. It looked terrible. (laughs) And... If you have white chickens, 
<laughs> if you have white chickens yes. and you have a black or red mulberry, yeah. they will not be white chickens. <laughs> not only will they get it all over their face, mm -hmm. their feathers on the outside, mm -hmm. when they go to the bathroom, their rear end is going to get a, uh, a dye job. Whether you mean for it to or not, you will have colorful poultry. Uh, it's on that bombshell. Yes. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's funny to me. So yeah, but they can also be cloned. The trees are pretty easy to clone. Oh, okay. Where to grow mulberries and you know whether or not they're gonna be tolerant mm -hmm. in certain locations. They'll thrive in full sun, but can also grow well in partial shade for a tree. Mm. Yes, they can deal with drought. Okay. And they're also pretty tolerant of wet places, like wetlands and on riverbanks. Very versatile. Yes, they are. They're basically weeds that are trees. <laughs> they don't care. Uh, not many things will attack a mulberry tree, an adult mulberry tree. Deer like to browse, and, you know, will eat the leaves off of them. But other than that, they... Their fruit has probably like 50 or 80 seeds in them. Birds love them, especially migratory birds. So these plants just go everywhere. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. These trees are also salt tolerant. No way. Yeah. So if you live near the east or west coast or any of the gulfs, you yeah. know, a lot of trees don't really like being close to the ocean. Right. Mulberry trees don't care. Wow. They don't care. They like the mangroves. Yes. As long as they have a pH range of uh, five to seven, they don't care. They're, they're pretty good, though, for uh, having shade in a chicken coop if you're not going to eat the fruit uh, to supplement your chicken's diets or any livestock you have. So if you have pigs, goats, cattle, horses, it's a great little supplement that you don't have to really think about. I may just plant them everywhere. They're great. I mean, my soil is five to seven. It goes it, from five. It's at the pond at the bottom of the hill. It's five. And it gets up to like six and a half, you know, at the top of the hill. Nice. Very nice. They sound ideal, don't they? Yeah, they're, they're great. I didn't know mm. all of this about them. I just knew that I liked the ones that I had. I was thinking about something entirely different. I, can't, I don't even know what now. It's probably a, a sweet... Uh, like a shorter but, species. But now that you say uh, they're like blackberries, yeah, I know what they are. Yeah. Okay. And you say sometimes they can be quite long, the fruit, right? Yes. Yeah, so there's different species. There's long mulberries, mm -hmm. which is the first experience I ever had with them was the long ones. And they're like a three-inch mm -hmm. spindly-looking fruit. Right, like an elongated blackberry. Yes. Yeah. Like just stretched it out. Mm -hmm. And I, as a child, I didn't know what it was. I saw birds eating it which is not a good judge of what you should and shouldn't eat. And so what did I do? I ate one. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's not bitter. It's probably not poisonous. So I ate more. <laughs> yeah, probably not the safest decision I made as a child, but, you know. Yeah, no, I get the, I get the rationalization. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so harvesting. Mm. Uh, you'll probably be frustrated with the tree with harvesting because... It's going to be dropping everything at the slightest movement. Mm. And the best way to harvest them is the shake method. Oh, yeah? So you set out your tubs or your tarps or your sheets that you don't care about getting stained, 
uh-huh. and you shake the living daylights out of the tree. Oh, my gosh. If they are ripe, they are going to fall. Wow. And, yeah, they will, if they hit you and explode, like if they just hit you just right on the shoulder, it's going to stain your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Sad thing, though, there is a downside. Oh. There is a downside. Mm-hmm. Uh, fresh mulberries only keep for a few days. Really? Yeah, they don't last very long. Oh. Uh, you have to refrigerate them if you don't eat them immediately. And from my personal experience, they start to dry out quickly in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why you don't see much product ah, that's mulberry flavored or fresh okay. mulberries. You can dry them and freeze them. Okay. So that'll it'll change the texture a little bit, but mm-hmm. you can at least preserve them for a bit longer. Right, okay. Now... Some folks might be thinking, oh, well, my neighbor has one. It's a really nice tree. Would have propagated it, stuff like that. You can propagate them from the branches. Some folks have had luck with just cutting the little branches off and sticking it into the dirt, and it rooted. Wow. I don't know how well that would work. I would stick mine in water, maybe put a little plant growth hormone liquid in it to kickstart it. Mm-hmm. So I can't say for certain if just stabbing it in the ground will be an effective method. Mm. I will say, though, you can grow them from seed very effectively, but for best results, you want to cold stratify for four to 16 weeks. Okay. And that's a fancy way of saying, put it in the refrigerator for four to 16 weeks, then plant it. I see. I'm glad you explained that. Yeah, because they they like to go through winter. Ah, right. Yes. Like walnuts are the same as well. Yeah, I believe walnuts and cherries. Mm. Cherries have an extra step that I didn't know about, but that's another story entirely. Yeah. Now, I mentioned earlier about how mulberries have helped with the silkworm production. Mm-hmm. Would you like to know how many hectares of mulberry trees China has for silk production? It's a big, fun number. Would you like to know? 50,000. 626,000 hectares of land is dedicated just for mulberries to just collect silkworms. My goodness. Yes. And uh, that's a huge area. There's a massive amount of area. That is a lot of worms, too. Yes. And they have to go out there and hand collect them. Wow. It's a lot of silk is expensive for a reason. Yeah. Yes. Now, that was a fun little fact. Now, along with the fruiting period for mulberries, most p- trees, it's kind of short, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You got to pick them real quick. You only have, what, a couple weeks? Mm-hmm. Apart from persimmon. Persimmon, yeah. Yeah, they take a bit longer. Yes. Now, the fruiting period for the mulberry tree is six to eight weeks. Oh. Now, just imagine mm-hmm. a full-grown tree yeah. dropping 600 pounds of fruit. Yeah, every other day. Yes. Or probably every day for six to eight weeks. It will do its best. Yeah. It will do its best. Now, not only is the fruit useful, not only does it attract worms, but it also has useful uh, applications with its wood. Oh, yeah? In uh, India, they use mulberry wood for, you know, handicrafts as a cabinetry. Uh, They make hockey sticks and tennis rackets. Really? Yes, thin okay. branches. Uh, mm-hmm. They make basket weaving. Mm-hmm. And in India, in certain places, they make strong poles for like uh, stakes. Mm-hmm. They use 
the wood from that tree as other props for trees. Sounds like an immigrant we should welcome. Yeah, I mean, we even have our own native species, the red one. It's basically the same use. Mm-hmm. Now, this is such a fantastic tree. It's also great at stabilizing physical soil structures. So if you have a hill and mm-hmm. you want it, or a ditch, and you don't want it to erode, mm-hmm. slam a mulberry tree. There you go, right? They just hold on. I've had this discussion with a friend of mine about, you know, they've got a pond, and the one end of the pond is a man-made, you know, earth wall essentially, and they're trying to keep all the plants out of it. And I'm like, no, you you want to have things growing in the bank. Yes. With roots, because all the roots will bind things together. And now you're telling me about the mulberry tree. That's a great idea. They're wonderful. Mm-hmm. And so think of it this way, too. Say you purchase a, a, a piece of property, and it's just been stripped mm-hmm. and over-farmed and everything. You know, the soil's been depleted of nutrients. Yeah. Get it in the 5 to 7 range. Guess what can replenish wasteland fields? Blackberries? A mulberry tree. Mulberries, yeah. Yes, they will drop all those fruit. They'll put nutrients nutrients back in the soil. Mm -hmm. They attract birds, which are also bringing more things. Like, you know, their drop. Yeah, their fertilizer. Mm -hmm. Or if one dies. Mm -hmm. Fertilizer. Yes. So they're just wonderful trees, I found out. You can use so much with them. This is quite a revelation, isn't it? Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. And on your fancy, say you have an apple orchard, you can surround it with mulberries, mm-hmm. and they uh, function like a windbreak ah. to protect your higher uh, dollar value fruits. Right. They're great for bees, for pollinating. Bees love them. Bees love the overripe fruit on the ground. Oh, my goodness. They get a little drunk sometimes, but they love the fruit. <laughs> like Noah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, bees, if you have apiaries, folks, mm-hmm. invest in some mulberry trees. It is a free food source for your bees. I'm in love. Yes, I'm in love with these trees, I'm too. My, yeah, my yard's covered in them. Mm. There's, there's, I could go on and on. So, in conclusion, for mulberries. you got to shake them. But, uh, yes, yeah, so if you're into permaculture, mm. apiaries, Wanting a food forest, mm. the mulberry tree is your friend. <laughs> I like and these. here endeth the lesson. <laughs> no, it's been like a spiritual moment, you know, yeah. listening to all that. It really has. I think I finally awakened. There you go. <laughs> the mulberry tree. Well, on to local news. It's going to, mm. you know, not sound so interesting uh, compared to the mulberry revelation that we just had. After that rant right there, I mean, but um, <laughs> what is important to know uh, going on over there in the crazy world of England slash the forest slash uh, Wales? Because as I found out from Mark Steele this week, the forest is not part of England nor Wales. Uh, Oh, Mark Steele is a comedian and my friend Martin sent me a podcast that he did with the BBC where he went to the Forest of Dean and he was actually in Speech House. We've talked about Speech House before. Yes. It was one of the, well, 
apparently what used to be a hunting lodge and then it turned into like a civil court uh, but not a very civil court really because they used to do floggings there and oh. uh, you know it was pretty medieval oh my <laughs> Um, but yes, he discovered that foresters don't like foreigners and <laughs> this is definitely true. So they don't regard themselves as either English or Welsh anymore, apparently. So what are they? They're just, they're, they're just, just foresters. Them. They're yeah. them. Yeah. Okay. We versus they. And he even asked them, some of your words obviously come from German, don't they? And the forester said to him, no. The German words come from the forest. Ooh. <laughs> in, a, in, not, in not so many words. <clears throat> anyway, uh, the big thing happening over there, uh, over the weekend just gone, is the cheese rolling, of course. <gasps> you ever been cheese rolling? No, but no. I love cheese. But you, you know, it's such a crazy sport. It's like this little uh, village of Brockworth and they have this very steep hill. I mean, I was looking Wait. at it. It starts, it looks like the the less steep part of the hill is like a 45 degree angle. Uh, but it's even steeper than that at the beginning of the hill. And they don't just roll these big round cheeses down the hill. They run down after them for some reason. I feel um, like I've seen a clip of this. Didn't some, don't they hurt themselves? Yes. Well, there was a couple of injuries this weekend. Oh, no. Yeah, one woman got concussion. <laughs> oh, gosh. I know. Cheese ain't worth a concussion. <laughs> and then the other thing is they make the kids run up the hill. That's another one of the races. <laughs> they have like three races going down the hill and a couple of races where they send kids up the hill. Yeah. Go get it, little Johnny. <laughs> and it's all free. But uh, it's all at your own risk, they say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh my word. It would never fly in America. There'd be lawsuits flying left and right. And with cheese wheels. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would definitely post a f this one article that has lots of the videos and pictures of the cheese rolling going on. Again, what it is to be British, it is, <laughs> you know... What it is to be British and silly. I love it. Send a big, it. giant, unbroken Parmesan wheel down there. Probably take out someone's car. Yeah, and, and the people going to support it, you know, they have to walk up the hill, you know, to view what's going on. It takes them like 30 minutes. Everyone has to park in different places around the area. So it's a big day out. Um, I, I, have a, I have an actual yeah. question about it. Yeah. What kind of cheese do they use? Well, um, no, this is. In, I mean, they would. They would probably reply right now by saying full fat milk cheese. Oh, <laughs> because, <laughs> because apparently they've been protested by the vegans uh, saying, "Why aren't you rolling any vegan cheeses?" And uh, I don't know. I haven't heard a straight answer from the cheese rolling community yet. But my, I imagine that they'd say that vegan cheese is a bit too soft, you know, and it might lose its shape. So I reckon you can roll any cheese you want, right? Um, usually they're like a big round, like 8-inch or 12-inch, uh, yeah, more like an 8-inch diameter, um, maybe inch and a half thick, that kind of thing. So kind of looks like a brie, but you'd never roll a brie, right? You want a good, strong cheddar. Yeah, brie would just go some, Something sturdy. <laughs> I mean, you might go for Stilton, you know, just for the color, but it's going to break apart, isn't it, halfway down? It's very flaky as Stilton. 
I'm, so, not, I'm not familiar with Stillman's I mean, uncrumbled form. I know what cheese is, and I, I I'd go for it. I'd go for a good strong cheddar every time. I think personally, okay. but you know, who knows? You know, mTOR's. You know, they might be a bit more flexible, a bit more bounce to them. Yeah, I would think um, something with a wax on it. Yeah, I mean, racing slicks. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Maybe they. Uh, allow edams you know because they have the big thick wax coating you know maybe that's cheating though i don't know i mean maybe it's whoever the sponsor is that year their cheese gets to go down the hill again i wish i had more details for you it sounds like you're really interested in it anyway the next one's going to be about this time next year so get get into training cheese you know find a hill get some cheese there's plenty of hills around here that's for sure get get practicing I'm not going to run down a hill. I don't run. <laughs> now, in um, sadder news, well, it depends mm. which way you look at it, really. Uh, but the heat wave has hit England, and people do silly things in the heat. Um, they drive to beaches in their BMWs and think that they can park on the beach next oh. to the tidal sea. And then discover that a few hours later, their BMW is floating out into the sea. Oh, I no. Know. That hurt me. I know. <laughs> that hurt. It did hurt, didn't it? Mm. But, uh, yes, um, if you are on vacation, uh, this is pretty much anywhere, right? And you decide to park on a beach and a yokel cries out to you, Oi, you can't park there. You know, like, maybe listen. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, you know, think about it for a second. There's be- um, yeah, the Florida beaches where I live, they said only four-wheel drive vehicles allowed to a certain point. Mm-hmm. And every year, somebody's got their car or their minivan stuck out in the sand. Every time. So anyway, that was kind of amusing uh, <laughs> to see those photos and video of the BMW floating out to sea. So sorry about your car. <laughs> yes, indeed. Very well-made cars. Um, and highly flutable, it turns out. Highly buoyant. Very buoyant. Very buoyant. Who knew? Um, They got some good uh, door seals on them. What does BMW stand for? Bavarian Motor Works. Yeah, so Buoyant Motor Works. (laughs) I've now renamed them. (laughs) Buoyancy. Uh, If you are uh, in Gloucestershire, you might also be aware of the Nuant Art competition that is coming up between the 1st and 30th of June. There's a £300 prize for the winner. Uh, And this seems to be hosted by a place called the Secret Gallery, of which I wish I could tell you more, but it is a secret. You'd have to kill us. (laughs) Anyway, uh, look for the Secret Gallery on Facebook to find out more about that. This week, uh, this uh, year's competition motto is energy. So... Uh, submit any sort of drawings, paintings, collages, who knows, um, as long as it falls under the category of art and has the theme of energy, they may look at it. An electric Pokemon. Brilliant. (laughs) Draw it. Do it. Be it. Done. Uh, You may remember a while ago we talked about people wanting to swim in the harbor over in Bristol. Yeah. Uh, Well, now the the five-week... Uh, trial run has completed, and so now they're taking feedback from all those people that uh, uh, paid $7 an hour to swim in the harbor. 
uh, which at the time people were saying was way too much, but apparently it was fully booked every day for five weeks, and people love it. Okay. Apparently they call it wild swimming. Oh, okay. Maybe it gives you a sense of uh, empowerment and getting back to nature and... All right. Yeah, wild swimming. I like that. Wild swimming. So anyway, it seems to have been a success, and you know, we'll let you know if it uh, is going to continue. The strange thing I thought is, you know, they did the five-week trial in April. I mean, that's like the coldest time to swim. You know, and it was booked. And it was fully booked. So who knows what it's going to be like in August? Oh my gosh, they're going to make bank. Definitely, they could probably put the prices up. Oh no. Right up the prices on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, Bradley Stoke, no idea where it is, but they're going to get uh, some new apartments soon. Good for them. Uh, we've got too much going on in the show to really get into that, but uh, if you know where Bradley Stoke is and you're looking for a one-bedroom or two-bedroom apartment, there might be some new ones on the market soon. Nice. <laughs> this article. So Chepstow, you know, it's about 10 miles away from Lydney, right? But it's over in Wales. And they, this article doesn't explain how this statue got to Chepstow or what it actually is. But when you look at this statue, it looks like a baked potato in tinfoil. <laughs> so because of the merriment that has ensued since the local council spent £3,000 on commissioning this statue that really does look like a big um, <laughs> potato covered in tinfoil. 10 out of 10, perfect sculpture. I mean, I, don't go, I didn't get any, I couldn't read any dimensions, but it looks like it's, you know, uh, like five foot long, maybe three foot high, something like that, right? Um, and it does look like uh, a baked potato in tinfoil. So now they're thinking of having a baked potatoes festival in Chepstow. I love it. I love it. Do it. So <laughs> I'm sure they're all busily discussing, you know, different potato-themed events potato. that they can put on. Check back. Watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's going to be one to follow up on in uh, uh, next year. <laughs> There is this, I have to show you this if oh. I can find it. Oh boy. Because I don't know about you, but I love, well, do I love, I mean, I love old houses that have been taken over by nature. You know, they've oh, been abandoned yeah. and they've kind of fallen through a little bit, but the main walls are still standing, uh, but the ivy has grown up on them and the moss has grown up and, you know, they're pretty much uninhabitable at this point. Look at that. Ooh. Yeah. And you know what? There's there's quite a few houses in the forest that are like that. Um there's it's one there's one to close to my dad's farm, uh, next to Harris Farm and on the other on the neighbor's land that it's pretty I mean, even when I was a kid it was pretty much all fallen in, you know, it only had like three wall three walls standing or something, but um yeah, you see how nature's taken over, it's all you know, this house has only been abandoned for five years. And it's already covered in ivy. Yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot of moss over it. Yeah, anyway, plants don't care. They will take it. Yeah. Um, the weird thing is, this is just an end house, right? You see there's another house next to it that is perfectly fine. And yeah. it's a terraced house. It means it's attached. So this is in a long line of terraced houses, and it just happens to be the end one. But it also, 
is in Clifton, which is a part of Bristol that's very well to do. And so the house is selling for £300,000 <laughs> and it's a total wreck. But it's just because it's such a highly desirable location. I wish y'all could see my face right now. <laughs> I'm looking at this house and you're saying £300,000. I'm like, to take it down? <laughs> I know, I know, probably. But <laughs> that... those, are, those are probably stone walls, right? And... Um, and apparently whoever abandoned it left it. It's got um, bookshelves full of books in it. It's got a piano in it. Um, but it's also got parts where the ceiling has fallen through, so there's no more. It's like, got raccoons ceiling. and foxes living in it probably. You know, look, half the ceiling has fallen through. Oh my there's gosh, it's a fire there's hazard. There's still books there. Um, 300,000 pounds? Yeah, see, look, that's where it is. Look, see that row of terraced houses? It's like got a nice parking um, garage thing next yeah, to ne it. Next to West End Car Park. Yeah, and it's got this other really nice looking apartment that's got like green space on top of yeah, it. It's got, it's got turf on the roof. Yeah, I, just, <laughs> I don't understand the logic here. You know, I don't think there is any logic. There, I don't think there is any logic when it comes to property. Really? You know. Oh, definitely not. No, I know I'm a realtor, and you know, not a financial expert, but. Um, Yes. Perception pricing is everything. Ugh. I mean, that goes back to the very first job I had in London. You know, I worked in a gas station for a few months and oh, more like six months, actually. But uh, around Easter time, we took the Easter eggs and they ha all had a recommended retail price on them. Let's say, you know, £2.50, £3, something like that. And our manager said, look, we're in a gas station. Who buys Easter eggs from a gas station? It's like, the, you know, the dude that buys, you know, the, the night before at 11 p.m. Like we, we sold those Easter eggs for £5, £6, like did, twice the price of what they were actually worth. Did you worth. sell them all? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, I'm because everyone's coming out, you know, last-minute shoppers. Everywhere else was closed, and we're like, yeah, we got, we got Easter eggs. <laughs> we like, got we, Easter eggs for you. We got the stuff. <laughs> yeah. Let me go get you the stuff at the back. Take care of you. <laughs> you want the brown or the white eggs? <laughs> There's almost too much local news to go on, really, but... Um, I talk too much about mulberry trees. <laughs> well, a little bit, yeah. I'm but, sorry. <laughs> all I wanted to say is, you know, it's great weather in England. There are a number of open swimming pools in the area, and the one that they have in Lydney was the one that I used to go to before... Um, they now have like an indoor swimming pool at the school and it's really fancy and everything. Um, but there was this, there's one called Bathurst, uh, pool, uh, because the old family, you know, do you remember I telling you about like how a lot of towns have like three or four rich families and they seem to have, like have all the property Well, the Bathursts were one of those families and they, they built a, a swimming pool for the town and, you know, uh, very charitable of them, but, it was always, I mean, it's not heated at all. It was always freezing. Freezing cold. <laughs> you know? And, Ice. you know, I talk about the weather here being, you know, it, it's finally getting into summer, right? We've got 81, 82, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. You know, they're in the, uh, you know, lower 70s, but to them it's balmy. And <laughs> and yet you're swimming in this water that I'm, 
It must be only 40, I don't know what it is, ah. 45 degrees maybe. I mean, it's not It's not even 40, 58, you know, it's not even cave temperature. Jeez. It is freezing. I can't even so, handle the river right now. We got really good at diving in, sw- swimming underwater and getting immediately out. You know, that was kind of <laughs> like, it was like being in Sweden, you know, where they go into the saunas and then they go outside and roll in the snow. Yeah. It's that kind of experience, you know, but yeah. without the sauna. <laughs> oh, like the polar plunge. <laughs> That's right. The polar plunge. The polar plunge without the, without the sauna. Oh. Anyway, what's going on in West Plains? This have to do with chickens, but mm-hmm. it's also a local business that's doing this. Secret Springs Farms. They're always at the farmer's market. Great business. Never heard Great. of them. What? Okay, so they're... But they're another secret organization, right? Like the, the Secret Springs Farms. I, they're always at the farmer's market there. Okay. <laughs> All right, so what are they up to? They are going to be holding a chicken processing workshop on June First at 9 a.m. So people who do have chickens who wish to learn how to process the birds, they're going to have one going on. Hopefully no one gets too excited and loses their head. (laughs) Anyway, other fun news for the square. Folks living on the square and anyone living nearby, there's going to be a new business called Brainstorm. Ooh, I saw that. Yes. Mm. Books, art, and music. Books, art, and music. Awesome. Yes. From their little Facebook post, it says a bookstore offering, well, books, Uh art, and music along with educational services and community support. Hmm. So, uh, this is going to be at Seven Court Square in West Plains. Right on. Their opening date should be August. doesn't say exactly which date, but it's going to be on August. Now, I would say, you know, because we have a bookstore in town already, right, called the Book Nook. Book Nook. uh, Which is a really cool bookstore. This actually may be a really good thing because, did you know, there is this marketing theory that for certain businesses, like hairdressers is a good example, if you have one in an area, it does okay, right? Because people always need their haircut. Yeah. But if you have two or three, it does even better. For some Hmm. reason, when you put a lot of hairdressers in one area, the area becomes known for having hairdressers. And so people, you know, most people make appointments, but a lot of people just want to walk up and, you know, see if they can walk in and get the hair cut. Yeah, I'm that person. Yeah. Um, But if they know the whole area has like three or four to choose from, they'll happily go to that area and each of the studios will do better. And I'm wondering if the same is not true for bookstores because, funny enough, you know, I like listening to the news quiz from the BBC and they were in a little village called Hay-on-Wye last week, which is a little village in Wales on the River Wye and it has tons and tons of bookstores, like most of them secondhand, right? So, you know, a lot of them are dealing in like first edition books and things like that. But... um, tons and tons of bookstores so the whole village is now famous for being a bookshop that's awesome yeah well and other fun news this is for the west plains area Mm -hmm. there's gonna be plenty to do the explore west plains may scavenger hunt is going to be wrapping up soon so keep an eye out for extra scavenger hunts on the explore west plains facebook page 
They're going to be doing more. The Outdoor Aquatic Center at People's Park is open now. Yay. Yes. So they're also going to be holding swimming lessons. Oh, great. Uh, as always, the Go Farm Farmer's Market is going to be Wednesdays and Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Now there's another one that I didn't know about. The yeah. West Plains Area Farmer's Market. Okay. Now that one is located at East Town Village, and that's where Wages Brewery is. Oh, okay. So something to consider. Right. Uh, you know our bowling alley? Mm-hmm. They have Glow Bowl going on again. Oh, cool. I love the glow-in-the-dark bowling. <laughs> Great. That is fun. Uh, Skateland is kicking things off really strong right now. Uh, the Bounce House, which I believe is under new management, mm-hmm. is open Friday through Sunday. That's a good place to go for a birthday party, I've heard. Yes, definitely. And I remember before, I could never get in contact with them, but now they are getting more hours available. Yeah, yeah. So that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. As always, we have our Glass Sword Theater. Didn't Guardians of the Galaxy 3 come out? It did, and I still haven't seen it. I need to see it too. Let's see. Ah, The West Plains Senior Center is going to be holding a 50th anniversary party and silent auction. Oh, Joy, so, Joy works there, doesn't she? I think so, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yes. One of our fellow uh, actors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see. What other fun stuff we got? Uh, there's going to be art at the Osby. Artist mm-hmm. uh, Barbara Robinette and Shane Baker. Okay. Called Art and Words in Motion. So you'll be able to find them at the Osby on the first and second floors. Cool. Uh, our West Plains Public Library is also going to be exhibiting art by teachers. Oh. Yes. Let's see. All right. For those of you who like to read, since we're talking about books, let's see. The summer reading program is starting up. So head on down to the West Plains Library, you know. Cool. Rent some DVDs, rent mm-hmm. a book, rent some lawn equipment. They make got sure, it all. Make sure you returned them on time there. Yes, I did, actually. I Good. found it when I returned my stuff. I'm sure you did. It was the day of, and I'm like, I'm the best. Wages Brewing Company is going to be having a chess night on Thursday, Ooh. June 1st, mm. and a vinyl night on June 2nd. Oh, I like vinyl night. I, I have a vinyl I need to take. I used mm. to have a lot more. Mm. We're going to be having Aaron Lewis at the Civic Center. <clears throat> My voice cracked. He still hasn't made it yet. I know. Aaron Lewis is <laughs> He started gonna... advertising a long time ago, he didn't he? He did. Well, the day has come. Mm-hmm. Aaron Lewis will be here Thursday, June 1st Bad at 7 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> and as we mentioned earlier, the Heart of the Ozarks Bluegrass Festival. Yay. That's going to be here. Oh, man, there's just so much. The Old Time Music Festival. Yeah. There's going to be exhibits. Uh it's just all of downtown. <clears throat> what is with my voice? All of downtown it's that is mulberry pollen. Is that mulberry pollen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything's just going to be going on right now. Yeah, tons of live music. And if you like racing instead, uh, I always say it wrong. Legit or legit speedway. <laughs> legit. <laughs> legit speedway. They're going to have their gates open at five for racing. Anyway, room room racing. I'm almost done. There's a ton of stuff happening. (laughs) Also at Wages Brewery, again, more live music by Brother Paint. No idea who that is. Cool. Great great name there. I know, Brother Paint. Yeah. And last but not least, Mm -hmm. I didn't know this place was open yet, so I'm a little behind. 
Oasis 2, Bar uh-huh. and Grill. They are going to have live, live music by Austin Mead. Oh, cool. Yes, this Saturday. Yeah, they're in the Opera House. Yes, I know where it is. I just didn't mm-hmm. know it was open. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yes. Lots to look forward to. So much. Just a few minutes left, I think, for a, a quick <laughs> thought for the day. Yes. Um, nothing too much. You know, I was thinking recently about, you know, I had been talking about, you know, midlife crises a while back. Yeah. And uh, I started to think, you know, maybe it was just me, right? So I started asking a lot of my friends, you know, if they have encountered a midlife crisis. And it turns out, yeah, not many of them. You know, maybe I had, I think, two people tell me about something kind of related. Now, I will say that most people seem to have the impression that a midlife crisis is when you suddenly buy a new sports car, like a, um, what are those two-seater sports cars uh, that are very, that you like? Oh, um, okay. The, um, well, they're, are they called? What, what? Okay, uh, here's a list. There's the Miata. Miata. These are small right. ones, though. Yeah. There's the BMW Z3. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the, the 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 spicier ones, there's mm-hmm. the I think the RX7s or the RX8s. Mm-hmm. You can also go with you know Corvettes, Mustangs, yeah, or Cobra Mustangs. Maybe whatever. even get a kit car, right? Some people do that. Oh, that would actually be kind of cool. Know, get one of those old like uh, roadsters. Uh, or something. Classic muscle cars are yeah. a good, you mm-hmm. know, midlife crisis car. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, you know, that was the impression of a lot of people. Um, I did some more research into it, you know, read a few articles about midlife crises. It turns out most of them are not really crises in, you know, per se. Um, a lot of them are just moments of midlife reflection. So, yeah, maybe they're not, you know, maybe crisis is too strong a word. Maybe it's just a moment of kind of self-reflection halfway through your life, maybe looking back at some of the choices you made, having regrets. Um, On that subject, people that say they don't have any regrets, I think they're lying. Um, I think I think every, I think life is full of regrets because I mean just by logic for every choice you make you could have made at least one other choice if not three or four different choices so you should have more regret than you do you know like what satisfaction over choices you made you make your decision and you do the best you can and really if there's anything about you know what i've been talking about on these thought for the days as in spiritual maturity it is being able to be okay with yourself for the decisions you made based on the information that you had at the time and the state of mind that you had at the time you know you had to make a decision so you made one and hopefully it turned out well but if it didn't you know, hopefully you learn from something from that too. So anyway, it turns out from doing research that probably only about 10% of people have a midlife crisis as, you know, what you might think of a, a crisis as, which makes me very envious of a lot of my friends because what if I had just been a farmer, right? What if I just followed my dad into the dairy farming business? I, I probably would have had a very content life living on a farm, Yes, a lot of hard work, but at the same time, look how strong it makes you. I remember my dad as a kid, right, like being able to throw hay bales, like, you know, up to the top of this, like, you know, eight or nine stacked 
trailer full of hay bales and just incredible strength you know and very healthy i mean hardly ever went to the doctor you know living outside eat drinking raw milk eating fresh vegetables working in the open air for me it was like you know i could do a lot of things and so it was always difficult for me to just pick one thing it would almost have been better in life if i was just really good at welding and nothing else yeah you know i'd probably be really you know financially <laughs> successful yeah if you have one skill and you just keep to it you know everyone knows you for doing that one thing and you probably have lots of work probably a less complicated life Nordstrom is a good company and yeah. it's a great job and the people I work with are amazing but that's not really me is it you know I'm like a farm boy who went and got a bit of an education but has always been really into music and you know writing songs and writing radio plays and I hadn't done any of that and I think that was my crisis is you know I've been enjoying traveling but just doing jobs that could get me by yeah and easy jobs you know easy jobs to get into something that you're going in on the entry level and you can work your way up and it was just a means to an end and I think whenever you do something that's a means to an end it's not really satisfying And in fact, when I look back at the last 15 years, having left Nordstrom, you know, back in 2008, even though for the most of the time I have lived in relative poverty, Uh I have been happier. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't feel like I've worked in 15 years. You know, it feels like I've had my retirement midlife. I've had a midlife retirement. Oh. Because, yeah, you know, I mean, obviously I, I traveled around for a little bit. And then I ended up working at the opera house for six months. But that didn't seem like work. That just seemed like fun. And then I was doing the recording studio for three years, which was fun. And then I started uh, doing sales in construction and selling real estate, which I love architecture. So that was fun. And then got into designing houses, which is fun. (laughs) It hasn't really felt like work. Dang. (laughs) I know, right? All right. Well, I think that's about all that we have time for this week. I hope you have a great weekend. Um, I've actually enjoyed doing this midweek. Yeah, me too. I think it's less stressful. Yeah. And we get to talk about things that are actually going to happen this weekend. Maybe this is a better time. Yeah, I think so. Yes. I'm looking forward to the festival, music festival. Yes, I hope to catch it at least in the afternoon. Hope you do. Hopefully see you there. Yes. All right. Have a great week, everyone. Y'all have a good one. Bye. Bye. I'll see you. You've been listening to One Bloke Went to Moe.